Japan is beset once more by a menacing Godzilla, but this time the colossal kaiju is turning on his once allies. What strange plot is being enacted in the land of the rising sun? Unravel the mystery along with us this week. This is Kaiju vs. History, Godzilla vs. Mechgodzilla. Welcome back to Kaiju vs. History. This is your alien monkey overlord, Patrick. And joining me is a statue guardian come to life, Miles. Hey, Miles. Hello, hello, Patrick. Welcome uh, this, back. Welcome I've been back. looking forward to this episode almost since we started this podcast. Because growing up, this was one of the definitive Godzilla movies for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I had this in some sort of VHS form. I can't remember if it was part of a double release or not because like sam's club would like put two godzilla movies in this like oversized sleeve yeah and sell it for like a fairly cheap price and i i remember always begging my parents for a <laughs> godzilla movie i i know one of them had godzilla 1985 in it and i didn't know any better but <laughs> the i would say the mecha godzilla duology rings at least for me what I associate most with what makes a Godzilla film and what is most remembered. We see a lot in the 70s Showa era being kind of evident of what this is what I think about and this is what pop culture tends to remember. And I mean, this this is one for me that so for the last several years, we've had access to it because of Criterion getting the rights to the Showa era movies. But before that, it was very difficult to get a hold of this movie. This is a movie that I think the prior DVD release was from the Paramount 50th anniversary release of Godzilla, the big 50th anniversary celebration they did. Yeah, and yeah, it's been it's been it's printed a, a few different times in DVD formats, like you said, those double ones in the early 2000s. I think they they put out some. Uh, yeah, and and this one is weird because it went out of print and for the longest time, I mean, you would I wouldn't I would look to see if the price had fluctuated oh, or if right. a new release got put out because I mean for the longest time it was triple digits to get that disc and it's a bare bones release. Oh yeah. Yeah, none of them those early ones had much in the way of special features, maybe the trailer <laughs> and <laughs> things like that, but not not anything mm. like we got in the Criteria no. Toho collection. And by the time that we started this podcast, because yes, there were other means to get the film, but I, I wanted a good release. I wanted something on my shelf. And by the time we started this podcast, Criterion had put out that super nice book set for the, sh- the complete Showa era. And so I made myself not watch this movie that I've been wanting to rewatch for almost 20 years so that I could have a genuine <laughs> reaction for this to see if this movie lives, lives up to it's kind of a nostalgic storied history to me. And like we said, we are talking about 1974's Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, directed by June Fukuda. Um, and I believe this was the 20th anniversary film. Yes. So this is 20 years after the original Gojira came out. And Toho is, you know, all about those anniversaries in, in a lot of Japanese 
culture, I think those anniversaries, those milestones are celebrated. You know, they, they just missed the, what the, I guess the 50th anniversary for Common Rider. And they're, they're hoping to have the Shin Common Rider film out by, by that time. But oh, they usually do so. something for, for those milestones. And this is a, a pretty big one. And a lot of the cast and crew were very excited to get to make, you know, with the passing of EJ Subaraya and, and some of the other holdouts in, in Toho, a more serious, a more menacing, and a definitely more bloody Godzilla film than, you know, less childlike than that the had come before, like the last yeah, six, seven years before. That is 100% something I noticed with this movie is they there's still an avenue where like this is definitely something that, that kids are would, would be into. But I think they learned the lesson because for whatever reason, whenever a studio makes some sort of product, especially if it's a licensed IP, that's supposed to be geared towards children or they want to gear more towards children. And I don't know why they always do it because it's not always what's often rarely to success in most franchises, but they want to throw a kid in there. <laughs> and sometimes and it, it works sometimes it doesn't sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't i i agree but like they're they're the times where they it, it's pigeonholed in after the fact is really when it's a problem i'm not talking about wesley crusher on star trek next generation i'm talking more about the turbo blue ranger in mighty Morphin power rangers <laughs> okay. or something to that effect where yeah, they well the, the, they the, put in a 10 year old for no apparent reason the child act or the, the child character in versus Megalon, they don't give a lot to do with. You know, he's just kind of just there, there. <laughs> is with and his uncle. I mean, we, and we talked about that where he's like, he kind of feels like the Arctic or ar- archetypical kid from these movies, but he doesn't really have any character himself, which is why that that movie kind of rests in this, I would say, in the bottom half of the franchise, just because not that it's bad, very few Godzilla films. I would call outright bad, but it's certainly more of a meh, drug movie. Yeah, well, we've we've rated it as such, but it is funny to come from that low, low in in the entirety of the series, but also just the Showa series to this film, which is definitely a high, high. <laughs> I think you would agree. We we will see, but before we start talking about this week's film, Patrick. I need you to tell me what's in the title because there's a lot with this one. Uh, of course there is. Although surprisingly not too much with the original Japanese title for this film because it is a direct translation of what we would mostly get here in our universal or, or international title. Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla is what's known as internationally. The Japanese title is Gojira Tai Mecha Gojira. Of course, you know, you can translate that yourself pretty easily. It originally was slated to come out here in the U.S. as Godzilla versus Bionic Monster, which, you know, that it it, it keeps some of the mystery of the the villain a secret, which is kind of a reveal in the film. But, mm-hmm. of course, that is not what it originally came out here in the U.S. They changed the title to Godzilla versus Cosmic Monster because they were supposedly threatened by other executives in Universal Studios who had the $6 million man and the bionic woman <laughs> under mm. their belt. And they didn't want confusion, so they 
threatened to sue Cinema Shares in in releasing the it, Bionic Monster title. In a suit that would have been laughed out of court now. <laughs> I mean, it's just so silly. Bi- they think they own the word Bionic Miles. They don't own the word Bionic. Uh, I, I'm surprised Which, we didn't get like Robo Godzilla or some other kind of title like that, though. Well, I mean, the Robo the Robo kind of thing really kind of pops up a little bit more in the 80s, obviously, with your RoboCop. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised that this wasn't the title for Godzilla versus Gigan <laughs> versus Cosmic Monster. Yeah, because it's I mean yeah. that, it, that that fits. But there there's a couple of other ones that I think are are fun, and then some are just downright baffling in the same way that they always are. <laughs> yeah, most are variations of the versus Mecha Godzilla. It was Godzilla against Cyber Godzilla. In Spain, which I really like that name as well. Cyber Godzilla like, is great. Cyber Godzilla is cool, but Cyber Godzilla also sounds like it'd be the villain of like a Godzilla like slash like reboot type of show. Mm-hmm. Like you would go into the interwebs to fight Cyber Godzilla. This movie came out after the sequel, Terror of Mecha Godzilla, in some places, and was billed as a sequel. So we get some confusion in the titles like that. Like, there's uh, not enough like real <laughs> well, this, between the two movies. To, this, <laughs> it's okay. this released as Terror of Mecha Godzilla in Poland, for example. Robot against Godzilla in Greece. Where, where are some other fun ones? Uh, <laughs> uh, King Germany, Kong. Loves, yeah, King Kong. <laughs> King Kong against Godzilla in Germany, and King Kong Monster of the Depths is the another alternate title there. And this is a weird one. Like, obviously, King Kong's not in here <laughs> in the movie, but, you know, there's rivaling reports of why that was the title. Maybe they just wanted the popularity of the, you know, King Kong as a monster, maybe in the same way that they use Frankenstein for a lot of the the title of kaiju releases but film historian david Kalat also suggested that it could be a confusion in the translation of king kong escapes which also had a mechanic kong in it so maybe they just thought yeah mecha mechai is like the <laughs> goes on to kong like king kong so there's there's some some different theories out there so sweden flat out like Spoiling the, yeah, the, the, the movie. Being, yeah, the, the Swedish title was Invasion from the Ape Planet, which we will we'll talk about a little bit, but obviously there's a lot of comparisons between this and the Planet of the Ape series and the, the villains for this film. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was done as a title to try to get some of the popularity of that movie series. Miles, tell, tell me about this film. Recap this film real quick for for maybe people who haven't seen it in a while and have not yet watched it. So, I mean, you start off with this great scene at a temple where a woman uh, looks like she's doing like maybe a ceremony dance for tourists or something. She gets smashed by a vision of an apocalyptic scenario where monsters are destroying everything. In fact, I think King Ghidorah is in that scenario. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's... There's bits and pieces. Supposedly, they also use footage from, I mean, besides Gitar, the three-headed monster, Japan Sinks, or The Submersion of Japan. Yes, some of it was used for that. Yeah, well, um, that, that movie's come up multiple times in stock footage for well, I mean, Godzilla films. I've been, I've been waving the flag for this movie for the duration of this podcast, and I want more people to see it. But it also, that opening 
where you see the big explode like explosion and then the titles fly at you Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla just very comic book title fight kind of thing let's lets you know that like you're in for a main event and this movie feels like a main event like that's something that I think that has been missing with some of these is because this is, a, this is an anniversary movie there seems to be a little more weight behind it and so we get this scene of Godzilla attacking Angerus and going on rampages, but the audience can immediately tell that this isn't Godzilla, one, because they have read the title, but two, the roar is completely different mm, from Godzilla. Yeah. And yep. I thought that was a cool touch. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And that that's also a treat for fans who haven't seen Godzilla really go on a rampage for probably a full five or six movies. It's, it's been a while, and he goes to town, Godzilla tries to stop him. They both kind of get severely injured. Godzilla kind of pops under the water. And I feel like there's a scene where he goes back to Monster Island and seems to be charging, like calling to the earth to like give him a little bit of a level up. I don't know if that scene was in the original VHS version I saw because I remember Mm -hmm. when he pops back up late in the movie as a kid being like relieved. So I feel like that there's a version of that film that was here that got that got taken out. Right. But right. you have this this other like B plot where you have some people who have uh, found this this cave and some a prophecy and a statue of King Caesar. And so they take it to a professor to try to figure out what it all means. And as all these stories start colliding, you have kind of a, a weird James Bondy vibe with like like take elements of everything that has worked in kaiju cinema in the last 15 years because you've got some espionage you've got some weird Mm -hmm. fantasy sci-fi stuff going on but the writing of this story is really good because like you don't really know what's going on until they flat out fully reveal things like the journalist who they are appropriately creeped out by and I'm glad that they had the 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 force foresight to be like, yeah, that guy's that guy's weird, right? <laughs> it's not it, it, that guy's weird. And the cool thing is, he is playing the type of character that is typically revealed to be some sort of villain or right hand man. And the twist of him being an Interpol agent investigating the strange occurrences and these aliens is phenomenal. Yeah, he's like he's like an X Files um, agent. Uh, yeah, no, that Interpol agent played by uh, Shin Kishida. Great twist. It's it's very similar to what we got in Atragon, but the opposite. Atragon mm-hmm. it turns out to be an evil agent of the the Mu, and and this one indeed you think he's going to be evil the entire time, and he shows up and is is here to help the the professor. I, I, I uh, love that twist so much. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is, a, it is a, it probably one of the most involved plots for any Godzilla film uh, as far as the humans go. Yeah, that's why I try not time. to like really give you a play-by-play because there's a lot of moving pieces and a, honestly a pretty big ensemble cast. There's usually about a, a core three and this one has about like, like well, five or six main characters. It's crazy compared to – Versus Megalon, <laughs> our last right. Godzilla film, and we we got some some returning favorites finally. When Akihiko Hirata is is mm-hmm. the professor, and it's awesome to see him back here. Um, Goro Mutsumi is is in the film. 
as the supreme commander <laughs> of the yeah and I, I i love i love that he is kind of <laughs> playing to it's almost like they are having fun with their past because they they feel like the exilians but they're not Mm-hmm. Especially when they are revealed to be monkey people, which has to be some sort of nod to Kong. Like it can't not be. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I mean, they're they're very much in the the vein of Planet of the Apes kind of enemies, mm-hmm. which I you know, I I thought the mania for that would be over, but I, I forgot there was like five Planet of the Apes. There's, films, yeah, there's a and there's a lot of those movies and well, a cartoon. And the last one only came out in, uh, like 1973, 1974. So of course it's very much in the in people's minds and still very popular. Some oh of those yeah, later films did gangbusters internationally. I think. Yeah, and I mean, so I think what makes this movie work in that respect is that they write the scenario really well. So even if the characters don't have as much to do just because there's so many of them. Everyone is competent. Everyone is decently written. And the scenario works. Like, the way they separate everyone, the way everything is kind of... It almost like, it's, it's like they actively storyboarded this situation because there were so yeah. many moving people. But not only that, because my first kind of impression when I was watching it was like, man, there is there is a huge gap in between the monster fights. It's good that they gave us Mechagodzilla's brutal attack on Angoris. I mean, that mm. thing is rough. Yeah, very early in the film, you're you're correct for for that one, and that is something we don't always get in these films. Sometimes you have to wait a full right. hour before there's a a battle. Exactly, and then they give us the initial bout between Godzilla and his you know robot other, and. It's a pretty fun little battle. Godzilla certainly seems a little perturbed. Um, and then, you know, we get to see him bleed pretty quickly when he gets, when he and Mechagodzilla are matching blasts and the explosion, you know, forces them both back. He pops over the water. You see blood kind of rising up to indicate that he has been severely damaged. Mm-hmm. And I like that because it gives me an active reason why I'm not going to see Godzilla for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's he is in a little over his head, and also has. I think the best thing about this film has really met his match in Mecha Godzilla. You know, finally, maybe since Hedera, a worthy foe. You know, one that he doesn't kind of <laughs> demolish uh, early right. on in the film. Or well, and I one, I also think they. They really tried to give some gravitas to the background story. The the prophecy, which they repeat several times, is really great. When a black mountain appears above the clouds, a monster will appear and try to destroy the world. But when the red moon sets and the sun rises in the west, two monsters will appear to save the people. And they're, they're kind of like trying to figure out what this means because they're getting fragments of it throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we also have a reason why Mechagodzilla isn't continuing to rampage after uh, Godzilla's hurt because he is also damaged. His head took damage in the bout. And I think we should take a little pause to talk about what a great design for this new creature. For Mecha? Or I guess, yeah, Godzilla? for Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, boy howdy. The the suit that they designed is, I think, probably the most iconic mm-hmm. suit from the Showa era. In, in my mind, 
there's no looking at that suit and being confused what series what it, it came is. from, what time <laughs> period, what it is exactly. Yeah, um, it's one of the very few figu- uh, Monster Figure Arts ones I have, the one from about 10 years ago. It's it's just a great design. Everything about it from top to bottom is fantastic. It looks great on screen. And even if it's a little heavier and the actor's movements are a little stilted, he's a robot, so it's okay. Like, that's that's yeah. what's so great is that when there, there are some movements that aren't quite, they're a little stiffer than they probably should be. Well, it's a giant mechanized Godzilla. That I, That's enough for me. And... I think the the suit the suit folks outdid themselves. I think the suit just looks fantastic. Other than just a cool design, it actively looks great on screen. Suit acted by um, Kazunari Mori. I want to point out, I read an interesting note that supposedly he decided to do some of the movements for Mechagodzilla based on kind of traditional kabuki theater movements. So very stilted, kind of you know, demon-like in in some ways. So I thought that was very interesting. And I I didn't really pick up on it while it was disguised as Godzilla, but he does have a very interesting way of moving the mechanical version of it later in the film. And he's Uh, not the only new monster we get. (laughs) No, no. You're one of your favorites in King Caesar. I love him so much. I love that weird look of demon dog thing. Like, he's (laughs) great. And especially when his ears pop up and then point out like a pointer. Like, I'm just like, who's a good boy? (laughs) (laughs) Kenichi Kasumi does both King Caesar and Angiris in the film. What what do you like about the suit? Because this is not one of my favorite suits in the. Uh, I in the show I just era. like it because it's so it's so creative and wild and different. It's got a, a fantasy folklore background, which is very cool, and it just looks different from anything that we've really seen in in color and mm-hmm. on the screen with Godzilla. Whereas, like you know, a lot of things have seen like like other monsters. Or there are other reptilians. We haven't seen a whole lot of mammal creatures. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's crazy that it's you know a representation of a statue, and we don't get a Daimajin kind of kaiju. You know, we get something that's very much looks alive. You know, the, I, the I, creature that the statues are based on. I guess I appreciate that because I think the the, the statue is more of a talisman to call the creature as opposed to it being the creature itself, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, th- these are, are based on the lion dog statues of, of Chinese origin, but yeah, are, are shown so, to be in Okinawa at the time. And they're, they're there to guard temples to ward off evil spirits. Uh, Komai Inu lion dogs are, are the Japanese name for them. And I don't, I, you know, you can see them depicted like, not as statues and in various arts, but this is definitely a kind of different look or different take on them. Yeah, I mean, I mean we, we we talked about this in our one of our very first episodes where I said I, I'm a big fan of King Cesar. Mm-hmm. One of my the, the only Godzilla. Well, I have two Godzilla posters. I'm sorry. I have a Mondo well, one from this film that has King Cesar on it, and then I have the. 91, 92 versus King Ghidorah. Those beautiful paintings mm-hmm. uh, from the, the the Heisei era that are just absolutely stunning. I've always just really dug a creature this different. I mean, it's why mm-hmm. the the prospect of the Godzilla versus Wolfman is so enticing to me because it's it's just a different naturalistic creature. 
and a mammal that we don't see very often. Mm-hmm. What what doesn't work about it to you? Because I know you said you weren't super hot on on old King C. <laughs> In general, I, I just it's probably not the best movie to put this in when you have Mecha Godzilla right there, you know, taking up a lot of the screen time. We don't get to see, see that. that. We don't get to see that much of King Cesar as well. We don't. We definitely seem to get more than I remember seeing, but mm-hmm. I I don't disagree with that actually, because I would have liked more of him and more of him being a little dominant just to like, hey, this is a guardian creature. And for the first like couple minutes of this fight, it seems that he's able to absorb the eye beams from Mechagodzilla and shoot him right back. And that's really cool. Yeah. But as soon as Godzilla enters, you know, he's kind of like mm, a wounded puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, who, who can also somehow no longer reflect those eye beams, which I did find a little frustrating. Yeah. But he gets, seems to get powered down a little bit. <laughs> he does. But I mean, when you're dealing with the big G that, that, that tends to happen. I don't know if you're a big fan, but I love this suit. I love the constant grumpy face of Godzilla. Specifically, there's that one shot of his face coming above the mountains, and you just slowly see him just giving that little scowl, and <laughs> like, this just exudes, get off my lawn. I, I love grumpy Godzilla. Yeah, th- this is definitely, they, they, they updated the head, I think, from the previous film. This is a great Godzilla. This one is acted by Sao Zushi, who had done a lot of Subaraya things. He also was Godzilla in the Zone Fighter TV show. Makes sense. Uh, He's in very several expressive. Episodes. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a I, lot of lot of movements. It seems like he learned a great deal from perhaps watching uh, other suit actors who've who've taken on the role. There's um, there's a couple moments where he ha- there's like some humor into some of his movements that are blinking you miss it. Like there's one where like he literally kind of like snaps all nuts when he misses, yeah. and it's really <laughs> funny. Like they just Godzilla just feels like a celebratory character in this, which I mean it's a 20th anniversary. So if you're not gonna go scary realistic like the original 54 movie, buying into the icon works just as well. And I think this film does that where, yes, Godzilla obviously has to get beaten up because you got to give him a powerful foe. But when it comes down to it, like, he's the king of the monsters and he gets a new power. <laughs> the, 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 one of the last bits on, on Sudimation I wanted to talk about was this is the final film of Reihei Kitamura, who directed Godzilla Final Wars, and there is a updated King Caesar suit in in mm-hmm. that movie, which looks great. I, I really like the so for, the later version of of the suit. A little side note: for for the longest time, when I was in college, like my freshman year in college, which is kind of when I rediscovered my love for Godzilla, mm-hmm. was with Godzilla Final Wars, and Ryuya Kitamura became like because you know how you are when you're that young. You, you hyper-focus on a specific director or game or whatever, and he became my favorite director. Like, I watched, I, I found, like, all of his Japanese films. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen Longinius, I've seen Izumi 1 and 2. I, I was, and Versus is one of the best Japanese movies you may not have seen. It's phenomenal. But I just was such a huge fan of him, and I actually looked up to see if there was any co- correlation between his film, or films, Izumi, and the Azumi clan that was mentioned in this film, and I don't think there are. Right. Um, right. 
because the Izumi film that he did is based off a manga, and I didn't find anything about it being based off any historical clan or tribe. It's mm. just about a warrior woman, and it's phenomenal if you haven't seen it. Still making movies today. You know, we'll talk about him. I'm sure when we do find. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll talk about him. Just uh, still, came out still... with a, a film called The Price We Pay. Yeah, he's he's broken into the uh, the Western horror scene, but. I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about him when the time comes, but he he never had any love for the Japanese studio system. He he was pretty vocal about it. I, I One of the things I remember about him was I think Fangoria had a interview with him around the time of Final Wars, and he talked about wanting to get out of the studio system because he's like, you know, you see a movie like Battle Royale, and you can't really do that consistently, and I want to make dangerous movies consistently, and I can't do that mm. in Japan. Right, right. Although I think I think that's not quite correct because there's plenty of wild and crazy movies that come out of that country consistently. So it's probably whatever studio he's with, but he is gone to have some success in the States. But back back to this movie, there are some some humorous choices. I do want to go back to the initial fight between Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla because <laughs> this scene cracks me up. The first that, fight? Yes, because Mechagodzilla... Mm-hmm. Is, you know, he's just brutalized Angerus and is just going to town on the landscape. And for some reason, Godzilla just pops up out of a warehouse like he was sleeping there or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, that was my nose. Like, why, why is he sleeping in a warehouse? Cause he literally just like kind of pops up like he got disturbed from a nap and is like, what is going on? There's no like. He came out from underneath the ground. He's, he's not he, a ghost. He's done before, though. He's been underground but before. He has when he's been put there. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's, you're right. It's, it's, it's a funny scene because it just seems like Godzilla just took a nap in a warehouse and got woken up because this robot was causing a ruckus. <laughs> and because like, there's the, there's the, the thought the film has that, oh, Angerus has called out to Godzilla. Well, that's, that's fine and dandy. And this is, again, not a criticism. I just think it's funny. There's, in typical Godzilla fashion, and in fact, the last movie, you know, Godzilla spends all this time being called by Angerus and coming to his aid. Like, he's actively, we see him moving from the Monster Island, crossing the ocean. Mm-hmm. We always get something like that. Here, he just pops up and is like, yo. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> I was in REM sleep, baby. <laughs> Did you beat up my friend Angerus? <laughs> you're going to have to answer for those crimes, fake Godzilla. And the suit acting there is like when he first sees like Godzilla, he's, he's he kind of tilts his head like what what is what is happening right now? Like Never, everyone on the ground is saying two Godzillas. What I know, but like Godzilla's like man, that mushroom I ate must have been really wacky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the great great animation all around. The director of special effects for the film, Teriyoshi Nakano, said this is one of his favorite films that he worked on and i can understand there's i feel like a great deal of respect and enjoyment in the production of this movie which you know we've talked about many times before is where you get classic films coming from when everyone is really dedicated to bringing the story those characters to life this is june fukuda's last godzilla film obviously and Probably his best. You know, we'll talk about that when we get to, to grade it. This is another script by Shinichi Sekizawa, and uh, one of the the you know 
many, many films produced by Tomoyuki Tanaka, of course. And what else? Uh, music by uh, Masaru Satu, and including a new song with lyrics in it, which I was mm-hmm. very excited about. Mary, Mia Robbie's Prayer, performed by Bill Bella Lind, a Chinese musician uh, artist i believe but the lyrics were written by june fukuda and the <laughs> the sequence in the film is one of my favorites where it's a, it's a know, great sequence it's very similar to the 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 peanuts you know singing to bring oh. mothra awake and, and things like that but the, it's it's done to great effect here as well to bring the statue it, to life it is i i wish the lyrics weren't so literal like this is what ha- what's happening right now like like i'm on the ocean i'm calling you to come out on the blue coral kind of stuff. And I mean, it's not any better than just repeating Mothra's name over and over again, but yeah, <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's a, it's a great song. It, it is a good song. I'm, I'm not dissing on the song. I just, but when you're watching the movie with subtitles, you're like, Oh, they're just explaining what's going on right now. But I, 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 I enjoyed that sequence. I kind of was with you. I was like, this is, this is, Okay, this is a music video now because we're we're well. At one point, they cut away from it, and then we come back to it. So it definitely overstays us welcome a little bit. But you know, I think it ranks up there highly in like some of the 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 best Showa era music. Yeah, I I would agree. And and at first, I was a little I don't know how I felt initially about the music because I was like, I kind of wish for an anniversary movie they were saving it for, or, or they were they they brought in the classic Godzilla song. Instead of you're, you're, typically in the in the Fukuda movies, they don't use the yeah. uh, the the song. But when he first pops up, you get some of those Ikafube notes of the original theme, and I'm like, okay. It, it kind of reminds me of like what they did in either version of Justice League uh, recently, where like you got a few notes of the classic hero songs from Superman and Batman, and I'm like, yeah. I I dig that, and I I liked hearing those notes of. Like it was one of the few times, honestly, that the soundtrack kind of made itself known. I feel like a lot of it is kind of standard, even for Ikifube. It's 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 fine. It's not his best, it's not his worst, it's it's fine. The rest of the movie succeeds so much so it doesn't really pull it down. Right, right. I um, think the, the 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 soundtrack in general is pretty rollicking. I, I think it Yeah. It stands amongst itself, even in the Champion series, which has a lot of great kind of groovy 70s <laughs> tunes to it. None are as iconic, I would say, as even, you know, the the new Godzilla march from, from versus Hedera or, or any of the 60s, you know, kind of classic Ifukube tracks. But the... In total, it works for what this film is. And, you know, we, we haven't really mentioned it. Is this probably the most kind of dichotomy of a, of a Godzilla film where we have the super fantasy element in King Cesar, this magical statue, and also a super science fiction side of it with, you know, space titanium mecha Godzilla and the yeah, <laughs> planet no, of the I, apes alien. I really like the marriage of those two. They, I mean, they took things that like they've kind of played with before or kaiju films have played with before and really just married them in the best way. I'm, man, I'm trying to figure out if there's a moment where the, the plot doesn't work as well. And I mean, they just they do a super solid job. Like there, there are some moments that are kind of funny or it's like, hey, why did you do that? But like, like the scene where the statue has seemingly been stolen, and then mm-hmm. 
actively gets in a gunfight with the alien who he unknowingly gets saved by the Interpol agent. But you find, you come to find out, oh, the entire time he was chasing this guy after a fake statue because he wanted them to think it was real. But also, like, you almost died for a fake statue. <laughs> yeah. Like, it makes sense for the movie because, like, not everyone has to make correct decisions because I'm not sure if that was a correct decision to, you know, go method <laughs> with the fake statue. <laughs> but, um, like, let him get away. I mean, he still has to hop off the boat and go elsewhere. So, like, just let him. <laughs> yeah. The, this film is highly regarded amongst Godzilla fans. It was well received. I feel like when it came out, when when Cinema Shares brought it out to the the U.S. in '77, as well '76 or '77. In in some retrospective reviews, including Stuart Galbraith's book on on Japanese films, uh, he described it as a quote unquote complete mess. In you know the marriage of Planet of the Apes monsters, some some poor directing from Jun Fukuda, but obviously incorrect. Uh, well, fans fans have, have rated this very highly. I think in in retrospect, uh, this does have a fairly low score in, in some respects compared to other Godzilla films, but has been well regarded by by critics, especially after the fact. I was surprised, yeah, on. on Ron Tomatoes that only has a 63% audience score. And, um, well, I mean, the, the thing is, if you were, if a lot of people, and a lot of people that vote for that, that aren't just like reactive online trolls tend to be older and they could have only ever seen Godzilla versus the cosmic monster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The, 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 because some people just like going through like, oh, I've seen that movie. What did I think about it? You know, and that, that can affect. A film, uh, although I mean, you know, I grew up with this movie, so like, even in its American form, I was a already a huge like. I this is a movie that I distinctly remember the first time I watched it mm -hmm. as a kid. I have a complete memory because I was a big Power Rangers fan, and I remember renting the movie because I hadn't seen this yet. And being extremely upset as a 10-year-old that Godzilla seemingly died. And then <laughs> because of the visual language, that because, because the Dragon Zord or Dragon Kaiser was specifically designed off of the Godzilla series, there was a tell before Godzilla came back, comes back to life where the, the ocean starts bubbling where mm -hmm. he is. And as a kid who is a, you know, Power Rangers come out, I'm obsessed. I knew what that meant. And, like, I remember being, like, huddled my blanket, watching the movie, extremely excited, literally singing the the Dragon's Word theme song, the little flute song. You summoned Godzilla back. Yes. Like, I was so hyped. And, I mean, I, that that is, a, that is a moment that has stuck with me for my entire life, is, like, my experience watching this film. And so it's been really fun for me to kind of finally get to watch it again because, you know, especially in high definition by Criterion. And I got to take a pause and talk about the Criterion release because it is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It's a great set. Storing it vertically is a bad idea because <laughs> the, the set itself that holds the discs has not been completely well put together. And so some of the discs 
start to slide if they've been standing for too long yeah, and they we, start going into the glue. I think we, we've talked about this. We um, have. It's messed up a disc of mine before. I mean, you can clean it. It'll work. But like, luckily, Godzilla, the two Mechagodzilla films are at the bottom. No glue there. So mm-hmm. it was fine. But I I had to unstick a couple of, of Blu-rays while while getting this one out. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's it's been gorgeously like cleaned up. It looks fantastic. I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. And this is, yeah, this is, let's talk a little bit about like your favorite scenes from the movie, because this, this has a lot of cool stuff in it. I mean, the, the final fight between Godzilla teaming up with King Caesar versus Mecha Godzilla. There's just so many crazy things that, that happen over the course mm-hmm. of that. Godzilla. One of the most kinetic fights, I think. Oh, I mean, and magnetic fights. Yes, let's talk about his powers. Godzilla generates a new power in this film where he is electrocuted and maybe brings electricity into himself to become electromagnetic and is able to... I don't think uh, appears again in the next movie. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, he forgot he had that power. I don't think it happens again ever, but <laughs> it, it's just one of those things. He's like, all of a sudden he can do that. But more so than that, I want to talk about all the amazing powers that Mechagodzilla shows in this. At, at one point, he can fire his arms, his, his, his finger missiles forward while his head is swiveled backwards to fight King Cesar. There's just so That's many a great cool, shot, yeah. cool things that he can do in that fight. And his, his, oh, I forget what it's called. The, <laughs> the force shooting something. Oh yeah. There's so many great. All right. Weapons. So we got, we got to talk about this nonsense force field that is, I guess, operated on flash technology because like he starts whipping his head around so fast that it, it generates some sort of field, which, yeah. yes, we have seen things do it, but I don't understand why his head going around so fast protects the rest <laughs> of his body or electrocutes Godzilla when he touches it. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> why, you know, why indeed that it works like that? I do not know, but there's just so many so many abilities he has. I love his kind of like rainbow eye beams that he has. Yes. Um, yes. Those rainbow eye beams are look awesome. great. He's kind of got like a electricity that can shoot from his chest too. Yeah, he has some sort of like Tesla coil or something on there that zaps. And I mean, he also, and I don't know if he uses it that much in the fight, but he did have like a some sort of like attempted replica at Godzilla's breath, except it's yellow. Which is again how you know, well, that's probably not Godzilla. Yes. And yeah, I mean that 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 fight is incredible. It's I mean, my, probably one of my favorite moments certainly contains that fight because honestly, if the highlight of a Godzilla versus movie isn't the Godzilla versus part, that's not a great sign, but that is not the case here. I already told you one of my favorite moments is Godzilla like right slowly rising above the mountain with his little grumpy face right in the camera. It's I mean it's it's just a great highlight of like oh man daddy's home like it just it looks so great and i love it i even showed it to krista who had had missed that part and i was like no this is this is one of my favorite scenes in kaiju history is just this right here and it's it's so fun but yeah that fight is kinetic and like it also makes you really kind of worried that godzilla and his new friend aren't gonna make it because when 
Mechagodzilla starts going wild. You're like, well, how are they going to get out of this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Godzilla getting punctured with all the the finger missiles is is pretty brutal. Just completely bloodied by that. Mm-hmm. And you, I think you this, have this a, is the bloodiest Godzilla film so far. Oh yeah, most definitely. I don't know if it can be topped really. <laughs> so much on on the the suit and uh, a great great ending to Mechagodzilla as well. We get like a a wrestling style move where Godzilla is like literally ripping the mm-hmm. head off of of Mechagodzilla, which doesn't make a lot of sense if the head can rotate. How he can kind of like vice like <laughs> turn well, it doesn't off? He, but doesn't he just like absolutely just like rip it off? Yeah, at the at the end, he like just, a can opener, uh, just takes it right off. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of that. I so that yeah, th- this one doesn't have as close of a. I mean. Of a, like a known thing, like like the hot tag that I described in uh, <laughs> Godzilla vs. Megalon, but it's similar into stuff that people like because towards the end of the fight, once he uses the magnetic powers and has just taken on Mechagodzilla, it's similar to how wrestlers like The Undertaker or Sting would kind of do that dead man rise mm-hmm. up and then no sell an attack and then just brutalize whoever they were going on. And this is this is similar. I mean, obviously that wasn't a staple at the time, but it's something that has like I'm really curious about the psychology between monster fights and wrestling in some instances because like I know wrestling is also big in Japan. Um, yeah, yeah, and like, at as this reco- time period as well. Well, as of recording, Wrestle Kingdom was last week, which is like their WrestleMania, and it's like one of the big events of the year. But I would be interested in if if someone were to to do something like that because yeah there are some absolute like just one to one parallels on how some of these matches go obviously they they are hindered by their suits but I mean yeah that 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 fight sequence is one of the most kinetic one of the most fun and it just it gives you all the emotions you want because you have King Cesar fighting losing Godzilla's here oh yeah but then he and Godzilla start losing and then. Mecha Godzilla starts brutalizing both of them, and then you get your eventual ah uh-uh, got new power son, and then rips <laughs> off his head. It's it's a yeah. phenomenal storytelling fight. It's it's one of the best in kaiju history. Yeah, both monsters exhibiting new powers like as the fight goes on is uh, it gives a lot to the audience. You know, they don't know exactly what to expect, even though they've seen Godzilla fight monsters. You know. 15 different times at this point <laughs> so yeah. many different battles over the years but this one feels fresh and new in a lot of ways which is surprising here at the end yeah. of the show era they were able to give the the audience something something so brand new i uh i love this film i want to talk about our our eventual rating here for yeah let's let's, let's let's do it let's do it because uh, i i have a feeling that we have uh if what i'm seeing is correct i think the same rating <laughs> right so for personal enjoyment i don't think you really are you know hiding your your emotions for this film. no but. no I, I tried at the beginning of the podcast to be like oh maybe i changed my mind but like I, this movie gets me so excited like it's, i it's, i, I <laughs> it's hard for me to think of one that is more rewatchable in at least this championship series part of the Showa era, but even in the entirety of the Showa era, I think this is one of the most rewatchable of of the films, even with its its some of its faults 
some of the repeated plots that they've used. These are just mm-hmm. done better than in the, the yeah. movies that it's kind of aping, pun intended. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, some of the best fights, some of the best action sequences, and a very interesting human story. Yeah, I know we didn't talk a ton about the characters, but they're they're serviceable. Like the best part about this is like you don't dislike anybody, but at the end of the day, the monsters are the star. And yeah. it's it's not as often that the marquee monsters get the top billing in the story. So for them to finish the way this movie does is just perfect. It reminds me a great deal of Destroy All Monsters, which is also a huge kind of big budget. You know, mm-hmm. huge monster fight at the end, but the the plot and the characters in that one are just not as interesting as the plot and the characters in this one. So yeah, for personal enjoyment, I'm giving this a ten out of ten. I think this is up there in in watchability, rewatchability as you know, versus the smog monster versus Hedera for me, as well as as some of the other greats that I've I've given a ten yeah, I, personal enjoyment to. I think this movie is just an outright like sci-fi fantasy masterpiece in terms of just making it's a celebratory film it's indicative of what the showa era became and i think it's one of the best like to me this movie is what when people think about what a godzilla movie is it's a movie like this and not only is it extremely enjoyable it's fun to watch it's got a, a very fun story i i've i've i watched this all the time as a kid and now that it's more widely available and I've finally watched it for this show, I'm this is the one I'm gonna come to the most. Like this this movie defined my childhood and it's going to continue to be impactful for me on subsequent rewatches because this movie is it's excellent. So yeah, ten out of ten. hundred percent. What about the technical aspect, Miles? So as much as I love this movie, I think that I think some of the pieces in terms of some of the set design, but some of the costuming wasn't a hundred percent there. I mean, it was all good and it all worked, but let's be honest, like a little gray makeup on the eye did not really impress me that much mm-hmm. for the monsters. I, it may, for the, for the aliens, it, I liked the, the monkey makeup and the transformation sequences were excellent, but I think that's, uh, I think that is the only thing that kind of holds this movie back a little bit is just some of the actual budgetary things that were sacrificed for it. Because everything else is, I mean, acting, very solid. The suit stuff is pretty great. Great fight sequences, good choreography. The script is gangbusters. But some of the sets and some of the costuming just don't don't hammer it home. So I'm, I'm not dinging it completely because I think so much of it's a success and even at face value, it's good enough to really let the movie still be lifted up by everything else. So I'm, I'm still giving it a nine out of 10, but I, yeah, th- that is the one, the one slight criticism I would really have about this movie. Yeah, I agree with you as well there. I'm also giving it a nine out of 10. I do think Jun Fukuda has better directed films. But when you look at the special effects, the explosions, the pseudomation for this film, this is what has really been missing in a lot of the other Jude Fakuda films. I think this is probably one of the best monsters, some of the, the best special effects that they've done, and also one of the best scripts. Yeah, it's very, a very, very tight very good script. script. Like you said, in a lot of the other Godzilla films, 
I and actually like Godzilla's some, not on the screen. You're kind of like waiting. You're, you're right. Your and I, I actually like some of Fukuda's uh, directing here. There's some kind of like handy cam, like first person stuff that that's done. It's a little shaky. It kind of feels naturalistic in the beginning there when they're exploring the cave. And I really liked that. I think some of his more standard stuff did get a little visually boring, but I think he has improved as a director and especially during the monster sequences. I thought that those looked great, but yeah, I, I can definitely see in certain aspects where the directing wasn't as high as it could have been, but I actually think this is some of his better stuff. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think there's, there's just a little room left over as, as far yeah. as some of I don't the- disagree. That's why it gets a nine, not a ten. Yes, I mean it's still super excellent, but this is definitely not a perfect film. Uh, I I didn't even rate the original Gojira as as a perfect technical film, but it was. I think I did. (laughs) It it was, yeah. I think given a a point away for for you know different reasons than this film. I think Uh, I gave that all tens. Yeah, yeah, and I did. Yep, I'm looking back now. All tens. I still still haven't given any film all tens, and uh, I don't know if I will. Um, For the evocative nature, I'm giving this one a ten out of ten, though. As like I said, not just the championship series, but as the entire showish series, this is one of the most important, most impactful films. The legacy for this movie is crazy. Mm-hmm. Mecha Godzilla, in my mind, is the number one villain of Godzilla. Yeah, I know a lot it's... of people say King Ghidorah, but for me, you know, there's just so many great, amazing. How many rappers can you name named after? <laughs> so, I can just one. just so many None great Mecha Godzilla, <laughs> great Mecha Godzilla entries um, in, in the series. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100. percent Mecha Godzilla is, I mean, one of the defining creatures, and it's 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 interesting because it even comes after Mechani Kong, who I mean has some impact in the kaiju world because he's a cool creature, but it's really Mecha Godzilla that is the mecha monster that rules the roost in yeah. kaiju history i understand that rights certainly played an issue with that but i'm 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 with you the 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 impact of this film is one of the most important of the post 54 showa era and like i said in in my enjoyment this is this is what this is and this has come up frequently this is exactly what people think of when they think of a godzilla film Mm-hmm. Is all of the notes this hits some of the crazy aliens, the kind of espionage story, the bombastic fights. I mean, it's it is everything that you want from a Showa era Godzilla film. And th- yeah, ten out of ten for me. Like this is an absolute masterpiece of seventies kaiju cinema. It's and it's also just so rewatchable, so much fun. It it hits every note it needs to evocatively, and yeah, it's a cultural milestone. I, I don't think you get as important of a Godzilla film for some time after this. Yeah, no, it, it's it's hard to think of of another one in the, the Showa series that is more evocative of the the time period of which it, it came out. I. Uh, I really think that this is, you know, right where it should be as far as our ratings are concerned. A top three, top five, one hundred percent top five film in in the the series. I mean, this is the uh, what the second ten we've given. 
yes well for the the podcast yes the final score is a 10 out of 10 the only other film that we've given that to in the godzilla series or any series is right uh, is gojira the 1954 so the the second kong 20th anniversary is indeed getting that treatment and yeah Understandably so. I've, I've given out some some other tens uh, as as well, but this one definitely definitely deserved it. Yeah, you you and I lined up. I mean, completely perfectly. Like there are sometimes we've switched. Like, oh, your 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 nine was the technical, or my nine was the personal enjoyment, or something like that. Or we've had like similar numbers, but this is the first time in a while that I think we've completely perfectly lined up in our score. Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't going to take this one away. I, I needed at least uh, one other in the Shohei series to to show up for I, for this kind of score. I, I love this movie. I I'm glad, even after rewatching it after 20 years, that it yeah, it's that's the power of this film. Like I felt the same way since the last time I watched it, and I was really worried that it'd be one of those things where like, oh yeah, I, I see why I liked it when I was younger, but yeah, it's not really... No, this movie's excellent. This is a phenomenal kaiju film. It's a phenomenal Godzilla film. Like, this is top-notch. This is this is certainly cream of the crop for the franchise. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's going to do it for our, our discussion of uh, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Feel free to email us at history at gmail.com or find us on Twitter still at history. Rate and review our show wherever you find it and spread it around your friends. Tell us what you think and uh, watch these movies along with us. Tell us, tell us uh, <laughs> if you enjoy them. And of course, to follow along and see our ratings for this movie and past ones in a five star format, check out our Letterboxd account. Uh, what are we doing next time, Miles, on the show? All right. So thank you, Patrick. Thank you, listeners. And we will catch you next week when we look at a joint Japanese and Thai production for a Subaraya Ultraman like production. That's right. Next time. Tune in for Kaiju versus History versus Jumborg Ace and Giant. <laughs> <laughs>